What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. From the offices of Create and Cultivate, this is Work Party, a podcast for women who are redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. In each episode, we tap experts on topics that matter most to the modern working woman, whether you are running the show or working your side hustle. We're bringing in leading female entrepreneurs to share their stories with you. Are you ready to create and cultivate the career of your dreams? Well, welcome to Work Party, the podcast. Welcome to the Work Party Podcast. Today, Jacqueline is chatting with self-made millionaire Jenna Kutcher, who at the age of 22 turned her $300 Craigslist camera into her one-way ticket out of her 9-to-5 corporate job. That single investment led her to her seven-figure empire she's running today. With over 1 million followers on Instagram, this marketing guru is obsessed with teaching others how to make a living by doing the things that they love, which goes to show that you can work and can still have fun. On today's episode, Jacqueline dives into Jenna's journey as an entrepreneur who started off as a wedding photographer despite never taking a photography class. We'll learn how she took her gifts and turned them into a revenue-generating business, and we'll discuss the impact of delegating tasks and why it's important when it comes to balancing your career. All right, let's get into this conversation with Jenna and Jacqueline. How are you guys doing? Okay, I feel good about that. I was like a little worried about the energy, but we got it. Um, So I'm so excited. So we are going to do, how many of you are familiar with Work Party? Yay! Okay, amazing. So my book, also our podcast. Um, So I am so excited because we actually polled the Create and Cultivate audience and said, who would be your number one guest to have on the podcast? Well, she's here today. It's Jenna Kutcher. Can we please give her a round of applause? Get her back on stage. I'm back. (laughs) We should have done a dramatic outfit change. If I could do a moonwalk, it would have happened. (laughs) Oh my god, I love it so much. There's no there's shame in dancing here. I love it. I love it. So Jenna and I actually became friends through Aerie. We met at an Aerie event that we did in Miami, and I immediately fell in love. You are totally my number one girl crush. And I've been really seeing you, I mean, skyrocket, I think is probably the right word in your career, both personally and professionally. And The thing I love about Jenna is not only is she an influencer, but you are a business woman. You are a boss in the truest sense of the word. So I'm so excited to talk to you about 
being a master at marketing, being an influencer, being a mom, being a body positive activist. I mean, all of the above. So I truly, truly, truly am so excited to pick your brain for the next 30 minutes. So let's dive right in. Are you ready to do this? Ask me anything. Okay. (laughs) What is the biggest mistake entrepreneurs make early on? Not believing that they have something to bring to the table. I just feel like a lot of times we get these ideas and they feel too big or that someone else is already doing them. And I feel like we as women have a really hard time recognizing our superpower. Like the things that come easy to us, we don't realize that those are gifts and that the world needs those gifts. And so I feel like a lot of times when we start businesses or we have these higher aspirations, it's like we're not recognizing what we're really amazing at. And so now you run a huge business, but... Take me back to the early days. Were you like, I'm an entrepreneur? Did you have all this confidence? Were you building business plans? How did it all kind of happen? So everyone rolls their eyes, but it's real. I bought a $300 camera, and I didn't become a photographer because I love photography. I became a photographer because it was my way out of my job. And I feel like everything I've done um, started with just making a living and getting freedom, but then it's evolved into passion. And I feel like so many people that were photographers, they were like, oh my gosh, like I, I love taking pictures my whole life. And I was like, no, this thing needs to get me out of this office. And so um, everything I've ever done, I've never been trained in. It's just been figuring it out and piecemealing it. And I, I feel like my true gift is in reverse engineering. So watching people figuring it out, reverse engineering, and then throwing my spin on it. And so that was, I think that was how I did it all. And I think sometimes that's the best way to do it is sort of being thrown into the fire and figuring (laughs) it out. So one of the things I love about your platform is that you talk openly about the fact that you're an influencer, you're putting out beautiful content, but you're a businesswoman. And so you kind of tackle both topics. I think I listened to recently on the podcast, you um, had a uh, episode with your coach. And we're talking about that. Like, I don't want to sell to my, I want to sell to my audience, but I don't want to be like a salesy weirdo. How do I balance this? So what have you found out along the way and what are you learning about it now? I mean, selling just sounds awful, right? Like if I ask any of you who loves selling, I don't know anyone that would raise your hand because selling just feels like we're asking something of someone instead of like we're giving somebody someone. And so I've reframed the way that I've looked at selling so much, especially as of lately, um, because I'm thinking about the gift that I'm giving someone, whether it's a fast track or a shortcut or giving back people time or giving them resources. And so I felt this colossal shift even in the last few months when I reframed like I'm not asking someone for money. I'm giving them something of value. And for people to really pay attention, they have to pay. And so letting go of those barriers of feeling scammy or salesy or sleazy, it's something that I think you have to show up and do over and over and over again. But it also means that you have to believe in what you're doing enough to like not shut up about it. Yeah, I think that's a great point. It's like, what is the value you're providing over time? And like that, and sometimes time is value. And I think we live in a let me pick your brain culture. (laughs) And a lot of what you know and what you've built is your knowledge. And so understanding that when you're giving that away, there's a price tag associated with that. I, I really respect that. 
So one of the things that you've done and that I love talking to you about is that you've mastered the art of multiple revenue streams. So this is so, so important. I think women talking about wealth, women talking about money is so important. And you and I, one of our first conversations was about this. And I so appreciated your authenticity and your approach to the subject. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about, one, why you think it's so important to be transparent when it comes to money conversations. But two, for women, women do not diversify their money. Um, it's a real problem. You know, we maybe get a paycheck from our company, um, but you should be investing in real estate and all these different things. You've done this flawlessly. You have a billion businesses. So can you tell us why that was important to you and how you learned how to do it? Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it started out of um, a struggle with money and just really what money meant to me. But I remembered a quote where somebody said, the average millionaire has seven revenue streams and I made it my mission in one year to build eight. Because, you know, I'm not going to just stop at average. Um, and so I started to realize, especially in our journey to start a family, that I can't keep trading time for money. I feel like all that we're doing as humans is that we have to show up and do the job or else it all stops. And, and that really hit me deep when we went through our first miscarriage. And I was like, if I don't show up physically to this wedding, we will not be able to pay our bills. And so I made it my mission to figure out how I could monetize just about anything. And I think that's my true gift so that I can be present in life. And so um, it was funny today, I was getting my makeup done and the lady was like, oh, so you're an influencer. And I was like, oh, I hate that term. And then I was like, no, I'm the CEO of a multi-million dollar company. Boom. And it changed the conversation. It changed the way we were talking about Instagram. And it was like, no, no, no. Like I am pulling my seat up to this table and I've earned my spot. And so you guys have to look at what you have built, what you have learned, what your gifts are, and figure out how you can either shortcut someone else's journey, help them make money, or simply just give them joy. We feel like in order to monetize, we have to be making someone else money. How many of you guys have felt that way where you're like, I can't sell something unless I'm telling them they're going to get a direct result that's financially sound, but Really, I'm at a stage in my life where if someone can save me time or give me joy, I will give you my money. And so, um, yeah, we are just continuing to build each leg of our business. And really, it's out of a selfish reason because I don't ever want to show up because I'm getting paid. I want to show up to things because I want to be in the room. And so it's given me this freedom to close off chapters of my business and open new ones and do everything out of my desire for impact and not income. Amazing. And so you talked a little bit about closing chapters. So how important is pivoting as you're mm -hmm. growing and building a business, whether it's a, you know, a small one, whether you're an influencer or a blogger and, talk, and deciding what you want your platform to be, or if you have a giant company, I think in the book Work Party, I say, if you're not pivoting, you're not paying attention. Mm -hmm. So can you talk a little bit about that? So pivoting to me, like, let me just ask, how many of you want to be doing exactly what you're doing 10 years from now? <laughs> no one. <laughs> I want to know what you do. <laughs> um, 
Really, though, a lot of us as women, we're growing, we're evolving, we're learning, we're getting excited about new things. We're multi-passionate humans, and we've been taught to pick a lane and stay in a lane. And what I think the problem is, is that a lot of times we're focused on building businesses and we're not building brands. A brand can have so many different dimensions. That's why I can get on stage and talk about business, miscarriage, body positivity, and Hawaii all in one breath. And it makes sense, right? Like, that's me. And so I'm so passionate about encouraging women to build a true brand that is based on the fact that you are a multi-passionate human. You don't have to pick a lane and stay in it. If you're truly passionate about someone, something and someone, um, you can get people's buy-in. And I think that's why I've been able to pivot so many times is because people care about me. They don't care about the business. It was so funny when I shut down my wedding photography business, I went through this identity crisis because that was where I got my start. That was the accolade, the title I clung to. I'm the top wedding photographer in Wisconsin, yada, yada, yada. And I shut it down and no one said a word. Like no one cared. Nobody cared less that that was done because I was not passionate about it anymore and I had so many new passions. So I think the problem is is that we're telling people to build a business that's in one lane and you just pursue that. And I think build a brand based around you and the fact that you are a multi-passionate human and don't be one dimensional. Share every dimension of your passions. I love that story because I think sometimes also we get so nervous of the outcome, right? Like when you were shutting down your business, I'm sure you were like, oh God, I have to do this announcement. I have to do this post and then nothing. That just goes to show what a strong brand you've built. So uh, let's talk scale. So like you said, successful wedding photographer to a multi-million dollar personal brand. Let's talk about building a team. Mm -hmm. What goes into it? You know, have you had a lot of employees, gone down to a little employees? Like, what is your sort of secret sauce, or are you still figuring it out? Oh, I'm the worst at team because... Um, because I'm great at it in the sense of I have six stay-at-home moms who work remotely. That's it. We jump on Slack, we talk, we do our work, and we, we have our family life. We have very, very, very strict boundaries. There is no work to be done on weekends. If you want to call or text, you have to ask for permission via Slack. We are not accessible via our phones because if I want to build a company that supports families the way that I want to show up for mine, then I have to be the example. Um, it's actually hilarious because LinkedIn is a sponsor of my podcast. And the last two hires were through LinkedIn, which is, I mean, this is not a plug. This is real. I hired within 24 hours and the person started working with, for me within three days because I don't have time to read through 50 job applications and try to weed through who actually knows what's going on. Um, I really lean on my gut um, and I really, really empower my team to own the process. Like I am the face and the voice. They own that content. They own that piece. They are, they are the owners of a stake in my company. And I love that so much. So when you're looking to hire someone, what, what was that LinkedIn message that you like opened yeah. immediately where like it's you? No. So here's, here's what I did. So you create a job listing on LinkedIn. This is so funny that we're talking about this. Um, I was like, wait, I have a coupon code for this. I like, this is part of my brand. Um, and so you create a job listing. But what's amazing about LinkedIn is that you can type in keywords and it weeds through anyone. So in order to find the right people, they have to have those words in their profile. So I needed a conversion 
conversion copywriter. That's super specific, right? It's like terrifying if I just went on LinkedIn and typed in conversion copywriter. But anyone that applied, I could literally type in the keywords conversion copywriter and it brought like 10 people. And then I looked through their experience and picked three. I sent messages to three of them and I picked one. And I have, I have not failed at this method. So there is no like giant process. I mean, I haven't even met my newest hire. I've never met her in real life. We talked on the phone twice. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, and such an interesting approach, but like your whole business is digital. So it would make sense yeah. for you to do that. One of the biggest questions that creating cultivators ask when they're attending one of our events is, what should I bring to the conference? Our answer, always, 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 without fail, the number one thing you need to bring is your business cards. When you're starting a new business, you need to be able to say hell yes to any new opportunity or connection that might come your way. A great way to do this at professional events is to bring your business cards. Number one, it shows people you're the real deal. This is not something you're taking lightly. You are ready to continue the conversation and you have put in the work. You're professional AF and you have your business card to prove it. Number two, it shows them what you and or your brand are all about. A beautifully designed business card really makes an impact and starts the story that you want to tell. These are just some of the reasons why we're so excited to partner with Vistaprint for today's work party episode. With Vistaprint, you can create truly profesh, unique, and beautiful business cards within just minutes and within budget. Hi, truly within budget. It's just $10 to get a professional connection that might be the game changer that you've been waiting for. I struggle to spend $10 at a coffee shop. It's always 15 or 19. I'm like, what the hell did I get? I don't even know what happened, but here we are. At vistaprint.com, you can upload your own design or select from professionally designed options. Hi, you don't even have to do the work yourself. That's great. You can choose from different colors, different fonts, and even upload your logo and contact info with just a few clicks. Select your paper stock style and quantity that works for you. Choose your delivery speed and even receive your cards within as few as three days. That means if you have a happy hour event next week, you are covered. You just have to order the cards within three days. It's crazy. The best part, if you're not 100% satisfied with your cards, Vistaprint will make it right by either reprinting your order or offering you a refund. I don't know anyone else that does that. Vistaprint wants you to be able to own the now in any situation, which is why our listeners will get 500 high quality custom business cards starting at $9.99. I mean, if you change your business name, change your logo, change your color scheme, anything like that, I think you can afford another $9.99 just to switch it up in a few months. This is a no brainer. Just go to vistaprint.com backslash work party. That's vistaprint.com backslash work party. I know you guys need to just get those business cards out there. You don't want to miss this connection. So head to vistaprint.com backslash work party. So one thing I love about you is, and I want to talk about this, Jenna, maybe 10 years ago, Jenna today. How did you know how to define your worth early on? And maybe that's what you were charging, you know, what you should charge for certain, you know, kind of things that you were doing. Was that the wild, wild west and you're making it up? Has it changed over time? How have you learned about that? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm at a really interesting place with money right now because uh, we have more than we ever thought possible. And, and I, for the first time in my life, I'm, I'm feeling um, just free where my time is what's most important to me. Um, 
I realized really early on, and I think that it's not talked about often enough for the side hustlers, um, those people who are working full time and trying to get their business off the ground, your time is more valuable than someone that has their entire life to dedicate to this business. And I feel like we often frown upon or side hustlers feel less than. If you are on the side hustling hard, you are killing it. And your time is worth something fierce. Like, And so it's been so interesting as I've been navigating motherhood, when I get all these amazing opportunities, for me, it's not just costing me anymore. It's costing my family. And so um, I feel like... Now I'm at this place where I can show up because I want to. Um, but very early on, I calculated the rates. I did the math. Like to me, pricing is an equation. It's not an emotion. And I think for women, a lot of times pricing is emotional. It's she's better than me, so I'm going to charge less. And I'm better than her, so I'm going to charge more. No, 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 no. Your pricing is based on your goals, your gifts, and your way of showing up. And that's it. It's an equation. So if you're emotional about pricing yourself... Do the math. What were some of the biggest hurdles early on in your businesses, and how did you overcome them? I've had lots of hurdles. I'm like a masterful hurdler. <laughs> um, a, a lot of it was identity crisis, and, you know, when you're in the corporate world, you have these titles to rely on and titles are safe and people understand titles and salaries and benefits are like a really big indicator of success. And all of a sudden you're like, okay, here I am. Um, identity crisis was probably the biggest. And I feel like I've faced it at every stage of the game as I've pivoted and transformed. Who am I? How do I introduce myself? Um, how do I find value? And I think a lot of that comes from insecurity. I want to feel important. I want to feel wanted. I want to let people know what I've built, um, mostly because I'm insecure. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs battle that insecurity and, and how it impacts how you show up. But I would say that the biggest hurdles are just mindset. And I think that that's true for most women. So let's talk about motherhood. So you're a new mom, which is so exciting. I'm like um, looking for my child. Where, yeah, where's the baby? We, we don't know where the baby is. No. She's over there um, somewhere. He's like over it's there. Fine. Um, so you were very transparent um, and are very transparent about the journeys of being not only a working mom, but a hardcore entrepreneur and a mom. Um, why was that important to share the struggles and the joys of, of being a new mom? I feel like society tells us we can only do one or the other well. And I'm just done with that. I'm done with that messaging. I am an amazing mom, and I am running an amazing company. And for me, um, it just was that messaging that you're less than, or like even backhanded compliments, like, oh, you're still working as a mom. Like, yes, I'm still working. I'm passionate about my work. And I want to paint the picture that like this isn't easy. Like I was on a podcast the other day and I could hear my baby crying upstairs because I'm in a closet, like a legitimate <laughs> closet with like boxes. My computer's propped up on a stroller box and I can hear my baby crying. And part of me just wanted to shut the whole podcast down so that I could go check on her. I mean, I knew she was fine, but um, it's not easy. And, and I feel like the hardest thing is, is that I'm always feeling torn. Like when I'm working, I'm thinking of my baby. When I'm with my baby, I'm thinking about work. And I just feel like we don't talk about this. It doesn't mean that you're failing at anything. It's just it's just what it is. And so for me, it's like um, the, I really want to break the barrier and the double standard of fathers 
and mothers. When I traveled and my child was 12 weeks old, people were shaming me for traveling and leaving her for three days. Would anyone say that to a man who went on a work trip? No, nope. that's not okay. Um, and so for me, it's like this kind of like, watch me, watch me do this. And I had a ton of fears about becoming a mom. Um, and man, like, I, I wish I wouldn't have. Like, if I could just go back and say, you can do this. Your business will not fail. You can have what you want. Did you take maternity leave? Yeah. So um, I took three months off, and it was so hard for me, and I failed every day. But here's the thing. I, I am a very, like, draw the line in the sand kind of person, and I learned very quickly that, like, what do I feel best doing? When she's napping and I need to log in because I want to log in, that's not being a neglectful mother. And so I prepared to have three months where I did not have to show up once, but then I allowed myself to desire that and show up when I felt like I could. So it was this beautiful like harmony of like figuring out like, oh, I just want to check in today, or I want to send an email to my people, or like I miss everyone. But at the same point, it gave me freedom. And we're actually leaving for Hawaii soon to take another month off. And I'm actually more excited about this than I was maternity leave because my baby's so fun now. And so it's like you get off of maternity leave. I grinded for a few months out of choice, and now I'm like ready for a break and I'm going to take that. Any tips and tricks, hacks you've learned in, in the past couple months about being a new mom? Oh gosh. I mean, you need a change of clothes, not just for the child, but for yourself. <laughs> Learn that one the hard way. Um, for us, it's been incredible because we just get to bring her everywhere. So we have not really changed our lifestyle. Um, we've just brought her into our world. And man, she, if you see her around here, like she, she thrives on this. It's so fun. Your Instagram bio says you are imperfectly empowering women, which is something I absolutely love. I think sometimes people think bosses and influencers and women with millions of followers and all this stuff, like, oh, they've got it figured out. They're perfect. But then we're just humans, right? And we're navigating choppy waters. And I think kind of putting that out there to begin with, so when people land on your Instagram, like, this is me, this is who I am, and I'm not perfect. Why was that message important to share? I feel like we hold people to a different standard than we hold ourselves to, especially leaders. And um, I just watched a Brene Brown documentary. I don't know if you guys have caught it, but oh my gosh, she just like spoke to me. But she said, like, unless you're in the arena fighting next to me, bruised and bloody, you cannot speak into my world. And I would love to sit up here and say that criticism doesn't affect me. I would love to be like Jamila and be like, I'm good. But it affects me. It impacts me deeply because I care so much about about what I'm doing. And so for me, saying I don't have the answers and, and talking through that process, I want to bring people back down to earth because I think a lot of times we hold our mentors to higher standards. We want to see them leading and to follow in their path, but those paths never become well paved if you're really going out into the unknown. And that's exactly what I'm doing. And so for me to show up and just say, guys, like, I am just figuring this out. I'm doing the best I can. That's all I've done to get to this point, and that's all I'll continue to do. I hope it brings people back to earth, and, and you have to be the leader that you want in other people. Don't rely on other people to get your message or your passions or your ideas out into the world. It's up to you. 
I mean, couldn't have said it better myself. So good. But yeah, it's so true. I think oftentimes, and, and this is something that we experience too, is like, you know, our work is about empowering women, right? And this is what we want to do. But we have so many women that are so critical of what we do, which is so hard to take because it's like, we're really trying to do our best. And yeah. so I think those words ring very true. Um, so early last year, something wild happened in your life. You posted a picture of you and your husband who have been together for a very long time. And... People started commenting and saying, how can you get a man like that? How can you get Mr. Six-Pack abs? <laughs> and you addressed that this wasn't a troll. This wasn't someone just kind of coming yeah. for you. It was like a genuine question. Um, and it was really one of the things that was troubling to you because you were like, wait a second. Mm -hmm. Why do you think I don't deserve this? Um, you know, this moment, if you guys don't know, went viral. Yeah. Like, I remember seeing it everywhere. I'm like, are you okay? What's happening? What's going on? Um, but it was, I mean, it was all over the news. Can you talk a little bit about that moment? and what you've learned and how you've grown from it. Going viral was the best and worst thing that ever happened to us. And I think what was crazy is I've been talking about this stuff for years. So it's funny if people try to plan to go viral, good luck. Um, but it was also happening in a really critical time in our lives. So we were trying to get pregnant again. And so being like the corner of a conversation about bodies was actually like very hard for me. Um, just because it was like, I feel like I need to defend myself. And you know, people say, don't read the comment section. I read every dang comment. Um, <laughs> because it, I, how can you not, you know? And so the gift in it was getting all of these new eyes that I knew I could encourage and empower and inspire. Um, the negative side, especially from a business standpoint, was like, who are these people and why are they here? Are they here to support me? Are they here to cut me down? Are they here because they think I'm fat? Are they here because they think my husband's hot? Like, who are these people? And, and you know, it was battling this this feeling of like, gosh, like, this is so clearly needed. This messaging is needed. But also, like, I have built my business brick by brick up until this point. I felt like I knew my followers. And all of a sudden, you know, hundreds of thousands of people are now following. And it's like, what do they want from me? And so that was a really hard season of figuring out, like, what is my voice? What is my message that will not waver if it's one person or 100,000? What do I care enough about to keep speaking about even if people don't engage? What advice do you have for women, you know, that are struggling, you know, both at the beach, let's just say, and at the boardroom, like that are struggling without confidence, you know, how do I get it? I mean, obviously you're on a very public platform, but there's a lot of women suffering in silence in a very small sort of vacuum. What advice do you have for them? So my daughter taught me this, which is amazing, right? She can't even talk and she's <laughs> teaching. Um, when I look at her, I'm like, gosh, darn it, you are so perfect. Like, you are perfect. Not an inch was a mistake. And I think that she has shaken me to see, like, I'm a Christian. My creator created me without any mistakes. And when I can look at myself the way that I look at my child and imagine whatever that is, if it's your parent or your creator or whatever you believe in, shaking you and saying, there was not a mess up on you. Like you are whole, you are perfect, you are capable, you are empowered, you are impactful, you are important, you are enough. When I can speak to myself the way that I speak to my daughter, 
man, like I can show up in a whole new capacity. And so you, what are those conversations that you're having? If I were to see the words that you are thinking about yourself, would you be proud of them? Like, are you loving yourself the way that you love others? Because as women, we are taught to be selfless. We are taught to deplete ourselves. We are taught to empty ourselves for everyone else and that we come last. But what would the world look like if we showed up fully? What would it look like? When it comes to social media, I think a lot of us are seeing everyone's highlight reels, right? So not everyone is as real and raw as the women we're seeing today on the stage. How do you, one, break away from that noise? And is there any tactics you employ on social media where you tune out, you tune in, you know, things like that? So I kind of walk a really interesting line because at the heart of my being, I love imagery. And so a lot of times I question, because my moments are curated, and they're edited, and they're planned, and I don't have to apologize for that because it doesn't make me less real. I approach social media from the place of, I have to get your attention for you to listen to me. My words matter so much more to me than the photos I share. The photos are just that invite in to the next step. For me, the biggest growth happened when I felt worthy enough to show up, when my face was featured. And so many women are hiding behind what they do, what they sell, what they create. They forget that there is so much worth in you. People want to connect with you. Um, I won't hire people that I don't know what they look like. I won't purchase from people unless I know their heart. I want to know why I should care. I want to know why I should vote with my dollars for them. That matters to me. And so you don't have to show your mess to be real. And I feel like there's this weird shift happening where it's like, here's everything that's wrong for me and with me, and that means I'm being authentic. No, being authentic is using your voice for those messages that matter. For me, the photo is just the delivery to get people in to listen. So um, in today's age of noise, like be the whisper. Whisper to the right people. Don't try to get loud try to just nudge the people that need it. When I write, I'm thinking of one person. I am only imagining the message that I'm supposed to be sharing with my sister or best friend or someone that's a student of mine. I imagine one person, what would I say to her? And that's the ripple effect that reaches the masses. So obviously this year's been crazy for you, but what are you excited about next? What projects are you working on and what can we expect to see? So I went into motherhood um, with just a lot of nerves, I think. Um, I actually blacked out my entire calendar this year. I did not have a single obligation. I did not have to show up to anything. I did not have to speak anywhere. I did not have to be anywhere. So anywhere you see me this year is because it's worth it to me. And isn't that kind of cool? It's like I didn't have to sign all these things two years ago, and now I'm showing up and not excited about it. I'm so excited about every single thing that I'm doing. That's why I'm saying yes. So I don't know what's next. I have zero obligations for the rest of the calendar year, and that is the most exciting place to be. I think I was so nervous that my business would halt or stall or that my growth would slow down. And I have only done better and more because I'm so much more intentional. I'm, I'm only saying yes to things I'm excited to. So you're going to see a lot of margin. You're going to see a lot of Hawaii. Um, and you're going to just see a lot of me feeling like the truest version of myself, which is a mom and a CEO and an imperfect leader. 
We're going to do some rapid fire. Okay. Are you ready? Being real means to me. Showing up in whatever season you're in. Showing up in the highs and the lows. Crap, rapid fire. Let's go. <laughs> no, that was great. That was great. Um, I want two takes on this. The best personal advice I've ever received for my personal life and the best business advice I've ever received. The personal advice would be to don't dull your shine because when you show up, you can illuminate other people and invite them to do the same. And business advice would just be to pull your seat up to the table you want to be at. If you see something you want to be at, pull your seat up and show up. A woman I admire is? Oh, so many. Um, my mom. My mom is the most present person I know. When in doubt, I? Eat mac and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Always a good one. Can we please give a round of applause for Jenna Kutcher? Oh, thank you, guys. Thank you. Ladies, self-care is big business. While we're working harder than ever before, we're also working to take care of ourselves along the way, and we're willing to spend big bucks to do so. At Create and Cultivate's first ever self-care summit, we'll be exploring the world of self-care, from business of wellness to how the modern working woman turns off and disconnects after a long week in the office. If you're ready for a day of panels, keynotes, pop-ups, crystal readings, meditation sessions, and so much more, everything you know and love from Create and Cultivate, head over to createcultivate.com to grab your tickets for the first ever self-care summit in Los Angeles on July 20th. We'll see you there. Have you bought your copy of Work Party the Book? Part career manifesto, part practical business advice, Work Party the Book is everything I wish I knew during my early years as an entrepreneur the ups, the downs, the things I learned and the women that helped me to make it happen. Just like in our podcast, Work Party the Book does not shy away from the nitty gritty details you need to know. If you hope to start your own business or become the HBIC at your current gig, we're here to help you out. Available in hardcover and audiobook on Amazon, also on iBooks at Target and your local bookstore. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Work Party, the podcast. If you felt inspired and learned something new, let us know in a review on iTunes and check us out on social at Work Party. For every episode, we have downloadable resources available on workparty.com so you can put these tips and tools into action for your own business. Thanks again for listening. And as always, work hard, party on.